Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast for yet another of these interminable weeks we keep having. Uh, I'm joined by Dale Driver. Yes, 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 yes. And Simon, catchphraseless Cardi. Hello. Can't do, it. Can't do it now, can I? That's wonderful. Can't have well anything done, nice mate. in this world these days. No, 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 no. Uh, hello, boys. How you doing? All right. Is this a- Sound. All right. Just thought we'd have a little... A little bubble. <laughs> a little bubble. Yeah, that's what. Is that um, Ryan's thing for I I remembered uh, Danny Dyer's incredible, uh, incredible. Uh, who do you think we are? Episode. Do you ever watch yeah, that? Who, no, I haven't. Yeah, think you are. Yeah. Um, he's one of the best the bits king. of TV I've seen. I mean, I do love Danny Dyer on TV. Ahead of like the Bross documentaries, the first time <laughs> since that episode. Right. I've truly enjoyed television. Yeah. Um, Geezer's got a drawbridge. He, unfo- yeah. Un- but in that episode, he goes, he finds out essentially he's related to royalty. It's right. incredible. Um, and it made me sing- single handedly, that hour of programming made me love Danny Dyer, having fully hated him beforehand. Um, what was the one where he was talking about aliens in the sky and he, and he called on that mob up there? Oh, yeah. Well, that's, that's it. His turn, I think he's. Fully self-aware about what he is yeah, yeah, and yeah. what he does. I liked when he called David Cameron a twat. Yeah, that was good. And yeah. um, uh, what was the amazing tweet? Can't believe it's been X years since the, <laughs> since them slags crashed a plane into the Twin Towers. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. Um, yeah, but in that episode, he uh, talks about going to a lord's house and he says, I'm off to have a bit of bubble with a lord. And that's stuck in my head forever. There we go. Uh, I often think of Danny Dyer when I think of you. Do you? No. Oh. I think of uh, Charlie Hunnam when I think of you. Really? It's football time. <laughs> uh, I've got green. a better I've got a better accent than that. So, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Well, it's actually mine. So. Anyway, yeah. let's stop talking about these things and talk <laughs> about this thing, which is the kid who would be king, because this is sort of a half a special, sort mm. of a bit. You've seen that film. I've seen that film. It's the new film by Joe Cornish, film director and podcast legend and personal hero of mine, who will later be interviewed at length by me where I sound a bit out of breath at the start because I am excited about it. Um, I'm very excited to hear it, Joe. I wasn't in that day, so I'm very excited. It, he's fucking brilliant. Um, I love Joe Cornish, and I was a bit worried that he might not be... Because he's famous for podcasts, yeah. and he's a man whose head, whose voice has been in my head for 15 years. I was like, what are you going to say about his head? His head is massive. <laughs> um, but he... And there was something very uncanny about listening back to the podcast because it sounded like I'd done a big supercut of things he'd said with me replying to oh him. Because I'm so mm. used to him talking that hearing my voice next to it feels wrong. Do you know what? Yeah. Taller than I expected. He's massive. Yeah, he's, he's very tall. Me. He's a bit taller than Joe. A good couple well, like inches taller than six Joe, two, I'd say. 6'2", 6'3". I'd say like 6'4". Four, four. Okay. I'd say he's about 6'4". Oh. You can Ooh, check. Who would have thought? There's a little photo of us. Yeah. Um, I just want to put it out there because a few people asked on Twitter. We didn't talk about the Doodle story. That's someone else's podcast <laughs> content. You wouldn't have talked about it. I will say if you haven't seen it, uh, if you don't know about it, just ignore this whole bit. Um, if you haven't seen it, if you know what the Doodle story is, Adam Buxton posted a picture of the Doodle. It's fucking incredible. It is a good Doodle. Um, but we didn't get into that. What we did get into immediately was that we sound the same according to lots of people in my life. What did and, he think of that? Well, you know that I'll, 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 let, I'll, I'll let you wait and What doesn't out. he explain himself, Joe? But before we get to the interview, because I'm, <laughs> I'm excited about even talking about the fact that there is an interview in this, and I've done that, um, Kid Who Would Be King is uh, his new movie, and it's a strange one. It's definitely pitched younger than yeah. Attack the Block, which I think because you go, oh, they're both 
films about a young cast fighting sort of fantasy stuff in London. Yeah. Mm. I had it in my head like, oh, those two things will be sort of on par in tone. But he quite early in our interview talks about the fact that it's for seven to 13 year olds. Right. Like oh, it's okay. a kid's yeah. film designed for kids. And like he wants adults to enjoy it. My experience as an adult watching what it was that it was good whenever their kids weren't speaking. Oh, like really? it's a really, it's a surprisingly competent action film quite a lot of the time. Like genuinely really good sword fights, Okay, which I wasn't expecting at all. There's like great fight choreography in here. And it has this sense of, um, basically the story is, kid finds the sword in the stone in a uh, sort of building site in London. Of course. And yeah. he finds out that he's whatever, new Arthur. They never, I forgot to bring this up, they never get into the fact that he is meant to be the new king of England. Wow. <laughs> and the queen is definitely still around. They oh mention the royal family. Is that family. the sequel? He just kills, kills the, the queen. queen. Yeah. yeah, I hope so. That'd be great. Um, <laughs> do they go back into, do they, is it like Lord of the Rings at the start where they do a backstory of the store? They do a brilliant thing, which is like a cel-shaded animation. So he's got a storybook of the the legend of King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. Right. But it's told through this like mad moving storybook animation. It's brilliant. Like I was watching it. I said, I think I say it in the interview, I was like, I would play this game. Like <laughs> yeah. it looks wicked. Um, and so it gives you that little backstory. He finds the sword in the stone. He pulls it out. Uh, he gets his mates on side. He gets some bullies on side. They form the new Knights of the Round Table. Nice. But what happens is that um, every night at 1 a.m., Time stops, and everyone who doesn't hasn't been knighted by him disappears. Oh so God. London's just empty. And then these fucking mad, like, flaming skull monster <laughs> knights come out of the ground and attack him. And there are these succession of, like, really good action scenes. Um, but what connects them is, like, Grange Hill-level dialogue. Okay. Uh, what, mm. Like, acting, but you don't like, But you don't like that part of it? No. It sounds oh, no, I love yeah. the action scenes. I just don't like the bits connecting them Do where they're having it's to a talk. Nice, a nice contrast of like Grange Hill style mixed with this ridiculous overtop CGI I monster think fight. If I was a kid, I would be well into it, and I'd be paying less attention to the fact that the best friend character seemingly has never acted in his life. <laughs> yeah, I think if you're, when you're a kid, you don't care about stuff like that. No. Like yeah. I'm, I've like it sounds quite similar to. Like when I was a kid, I was obsessed with the Page Master, the film. Oh, I love it's the incredible. Page Master. I bet the acting in that film is oh my God. terrible. That's <laughs> if I went back, that's where I learned the word cranial. Oh, there There's you go. There's a bit where he says no cranial damage about himself. There you go, Macaulay. But um, yeah, I imagine it's got that sort of vibe. And yeah, if I was nine, I'd probably love it. Yeah, and but there is. It builds up. He he talks about it quite openly. It builds up to a scene at the end where, because they show this in the trailers, he like gets the whole school on side basically, yeah. and there is a siege in which knights attack a school, and it's basically like Home Alone, like they've rigged the school using stuff from the school to oh be God. a medieval. They should have just got Macaulay Culkin in. It's, by the sounds of it, it's I mean. fucking wicked. Oh, like, right, I was okay. just watching it, being like, Jesus, this is brilliant. I know Joe Cornish directed, but did he write the script as well? He did. Yeah. So oh, it's based okay. on an idea he had as a kid, and he's just kept it ever since That's until amazing. he got the chance to actually mm. write it. God, I wish I had good ideas. I know it'd be amazing, <laughs> wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, I was reading a thing. Uh, Rolling Stone did a cover story with Jordan Peele. Uh, mm. came out yesterday at the time of recording and he talks about how he's got this like whole notebook of ideas because he spent a few years high all the time and just wrote down all his mad ideas <laughs> and he's like thanks hi me yeah, yeah. that's all my films ever um, I was trying to, there's something else about Kid Who Would Be King that was fun 
but I can't remember it. What's the Adam Books and Cameo like? The Adam Books and Ca- Cameo is it, I guess. Uh, more extended than Attack the Block, but unfortunately slightly... He's not that funny. He's just sort of okay. there. Oh, and right. He only does a silly voice for like a second. Oh, it made me a bit sad. Okay. That was what I was going to say. It does a really good job of what... One of my favourite things about Attack the Block was how it uses like unfashionable London architecture mm-hmm. as a thing. So in that the giant tower block was meant to resemble the Nostromo and it was shot, you know, in really stylized ways. And in this one, your bog standard, like, boxy school, like, they use it as a castle. And by the end, you're like, oh, yeah, it's just the castle. Like, it's it's a really nice use of stuff. It sounds like it's a great popcorn film. Yeah, it's like... Really good fun. It's super inventive. Um, I just... I just... The kids... Apart from Andy Serkis's son, who's the lead... It's just not, they're not that good. Okay. It's not, it's not like when, I don't think any of these guys are going to be in the next Star Wars. Let me right. say that much. Like yeah, he hasn't yeah. discovered a new, a new boy, Aga. Did yeah, it yeah. just make you yearn for the days of childlike wonder, Joe? You it's, say it, that you, you like, do, you do, you do yearn for those days. How are you doing this morning? Just yearning, man. Just, just still yearning. yearning. <laughs> I wish I was a child. It was so much simpler. <laughs> but anyway, no one wants to listen. Well, to me? You want to listen what? to me, not yeah. you to talk about kid would be king anymore. Let's listen to Joe Cornish talk about it right bloody now. Joe, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks very much for having me. That's quite all right. Um, I'm going to start with the big question, the one that everyone's asking. Yes. Um, people for the last, I would say, 15 years of my life have been telling me intermittently that I sound like you. Really? And I kind of want to just... Get that over with. Do you think I sound like you? Yes, I do. Oh, God. <laughs> I've been Is telling people bad? I don't. What do you want me to say? <laughs> well, I just want, I kind of wanted this to be proof that I'm not doing some strange sort of hackneyed impression of I you. I think people say that me and Louis and Adam sound similar mm. because we spent many years together. And then I think part of what has, the only other thing I can think that's affected my voice is Radio 4 voice training. Oh, okay. Have you ever done BBC voice training? I haven't, no, but I've listened to a lot of Radio 4. So there's a secret behind that stuff. What they they, they tell you, I went to this training session. Mm-hmm. Do you want to hear this? Yes, I do. I'd love this to. This woman got a piece of A4 paper. She said, do you have a pet? I mm-hmm. said, yeah, I have a cat. She got this piece of paper and she tore the two top corners off it and stuck them to the microphone shield. Okay. And said, imagine you're talking to your cat. <laughs> and then she said, also imagine that you're sleeping next to someone yeah. and their head is on the pillow beside you. And that's how much you have to project. Only as much as you would when oh, you talk. Wow. And do you hear what I'm doing with my voice there? It's beautiful. It's very, very soothing. And that is the secret to Radio 4. Interesting. It's basically like being soothed to sleep with traumatic political news. <laughs> it's like being <laughs> yeah. gently patronised. weird sort of Soma-ish, like out of um, a Brave New World, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, a weird sort of uh, soporific lullaby. And that's what contributes to making you sound like me. That's what we've maybe, come maybe to. Maybe you just have the same dulcet, dulcet uh, must, bed, bedroom tones. That must have happened. Um, to be honest. Maybe they're not bedroom tones. Um, I'd like to think they are. Uh, Probably I'm not sure. Like potting shed. <laughs> just, just out of the way. Yeah, no one wants tones. to hear it. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get off that because I would talk about, you know, the two of us forever. Um, mm. Let's go with the the standard questions we ask all our guests. Okay. Simple as, what's your favourite game, movie, and TV series? Oh, I thought you were gonna say, what's my favourite game movie? Game movie. Well, go for that. Tough. Well, what is the what is the Uwe Bolle one? Oh, he did. Um, uh, he did Blood Van- Rain. No, no, the the uh, zombie one. 
Oh, the zombie he one. He did a zombie one, which is incredible. Was it House of the Dead? House of the Dead. Yeah. That is an Based extraordinary on, film. On an arcade game with an already. Yeah. And I think with, with movie adaptations of video games, you've got to go low to, to, mm-hmm. to find something yeah. really solidly worthwhile. Don't, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I think so. You could you dig right deep underneath the whole thing and there you find House of the Dead directed yeah. by Uwe Böhle. Is that the right way to say that it? exactly <laughs> correct. He um, famously challenged a critic to a box. That's match, right, didn't he? Yeah. That was him. Yeah. Was that about House of the Dead? Maybe I, I don't know. That was really Who, good. Yeah, yeah. He's he's bad value for money. <laughs> okay. But so my favorite, my all-time favorite game. Mm. Ooh, well, I'd say recently it's probably the Zelda game on the Switch. Oh, Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild. I think that's incredible. Which was fantastic. Um, I'd say probably that game. Yeah. yeah. I think so. I've had a similar... Oh, GoldenEye. I mean, I love oh, GoldenEye. Yeah. I used to adore GoldenEye on the N64. Do you have any preferred modes? Just normal mode. Just normal. I don't think... But I like Big Head mode. Oh, yeah, yeah. Big Head mode was good. Uh, yeah, but Gold, I'd say GoldenEye and Zelda are the, are the games that I think I've played. Oh, and I really like Just Cause 3. 3? Yeah. Because we were talking about game. 4 before we started. Yeah, I'm so having what, what, trouble with 4. What, what made 3 so... So stick out so much it's just for incredibly you. enjoyable yeah incredibly good fun and you know a game for me is really good when you forget the physicality of playing it mm-hmm. when you're all the i mean this is obvious thing to say but when all the button machinations are completely uh uh you know subconscious yeah and that you just bec- transmute yourself into that into that avatar. strange polygon yeah man. and you're just in the game and the way particularly in just cause three uh, he uses the grapple hook to rush through, you yes. know, the way you just zoom through the depth of the image mm. is super hypnotic, I think. <laughs> so uh, you just grappled around. I what, grappled what around. Yeah. I blow stuff up. I completely destroyed the fascist hunter yeah, well, in wherever the heck that I was. I should hope so if it's your favourite To the extent game. that I wanted it to come back. <laughs> just, well, the cyclical nature of politics. it was more fun with the fascist hunter. <laughs> but I'm having trouble with the new one. Mm. You were saying, yeah, that it's, I don't know it's how a bit to broken. Move. It seems to be a bit broken and I don't know how to move. It's got a weird new interface mm. where you've got to set your... Oh, the grapple mods and all. No, no, no! You've got no. to, you've got to set your um, front line. Oh and yes, move your yeah, yeah. I do. I'm stuck on that. I do not. Which means I'm stuck on the first level. It is oddly. Um, <laughs> I literally don't. I look at that screen. I do not know what I'm supposed to do, and I just give up. It seems to be an oddly complex, like skill upgrade tree. Like it's right. just a map, but behind it are all the guns you want, which seems like an odd decision. Really? Just show me the guns. I've got to go much easier. on some sort of IGN. Walkthrough. If we can do sort of Radio 4 training, but for Just Cause 4. Absolutely. We can get it organised. Do you have a movie and TV series that you'd... My favourite movie. Your favourite. Well, that's always a toughie, isn't it? Um, Your favourite right now. My favourite right now. I really in love... I really in loved. I'm really in love with... (laughs) I loved uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. Oh, yes. Uh, I like that a lot. And then in terms of sort of sophisticated European stuff, I tell you a movie I saw recently that I loved. And Mm. this is an old movie, right? Okay. With uh, Dirk Bogard called Damn the Defiant. I don't know Damn the Defiant. It's a big cinemascope uh, seafaring movie. Mm -hmm. And do you know sometimes when you stumble upon an old movie and it's just incredibly good. And it just works. It just clicks out. Man, this is just amazingly. This is as good as the best new release, if not better. Because the storytelling is really solid. I had that. Characters are meaty. I had that recently with, um, ah, is it Jodie Foster Contact? 
That's a good movie. I just That's came one across of Adam that. my favourites. I think someone... I'd watched... I loved Arrival. Um, yeah. And came across that because someone had said, oh, it's, you yeah. know, it feels like a sort of spiritual successor. Robert Zemeckis. Ah, oh, just brilliant. It's really good. He does amazing stuff with um, depth. Yes. And uh, like, and just the madness of the end of it when, when it fully gets into, this is what it's like being in an alien yes. ship. Oh, my God. Yeah. They've thought this all through. And when she meets her dad on the yes. beach. The begin just the beginning of that movie is incredible. It's so good. Going through time and space. Anyway, we're yeah. not here to talk about contact. I apologise. We're I'm here happy to, talk. to talk about contact. <laughs> well, maybe we'll come back to it. Okay. Um, but we're talking about the kid who would be king. Your yes. new movie. Yes. Which I saw the other day. I oh, enjoyed. Good. It was. I. I didn't realise because I'd watched the trailers. Mm. I didn't realise how much of an action film it is. Like yeah, I, that, that wasn't. But that was a really pleasant surprise. It hadn't. I hadn't quite got into into that space beforehand and then right. there's proper sword fights happening yeah it's, it's sort of an action film for kids yes yeah. i mean it's a, it's a kids movie so mm. it's aimed at sort of 7 8 9 10 11 12 mm. 13 year olds yeah. and their parents mm. who maybe have in their brains a sort of the, the wonder of a child mm. you'd hope so <laughs> and hopefully it's good for you know movie fans as well well i enjoyed it um good and thank i am you. a movie fan good confirmed but yeah it's full of battles and action yes. and i can't think of another movie that has you know the point of the movie was really to hark back to films i'd seen as a kid films mm. that four kids that have kids in them yes and i felt there weren't many movies like that around anymore you get mostly grown-ups in spandex or <laughs> cartoon dogs mm. or cartoon people and i used to love movies with four kids with kids in them like seeing yourself yes in the action yeah. when you're young so that was the idea and then i haven't really seen a film with this much action in it because in harry potter they sort of point ones mm. and say things but in this one there's a massive army of kids in armor fighting mm. undead knights and there's proper battle action i wouldn't i wouldn't I, d I don't want to kind of get into the specifics because we're not in a spoiler chat. Mm. But the there there is a final <laughs> sequence that reminded me simultaneously of Lord of the Rings and Home Alone, and right. I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> That's a good combo. <laughs> it was really yeah. well. There's really a big good. siege at the end with, yes. with the with the kids in their school, um, and they have to use in a sort of slightly sort of. Um, I'd say Lord of the Rings strokes and Trinians. Okay. They yep, have yep. to use what they have in the school to f to defend it from mm. all these undead knights. Uh, and yeah, that was really good fun to film. That must have been amazing to film. I'd yeah. Like, I, what's the logistics of that? Did you have to... Was that a real school you were in? Or it's a combination of a real school called the Ark Academy in Putney. Mm -hmm. uh, and a big set we built of the rooftop. Oh, yeah. And then sets we built for the corridors... And then stuff done on the back lot. With sequences like that, you just you have to break them down. Yes. And uh, and into little pieces, and then you just nibble them off one mm. by one with a bunch of choreography and things going wrong. And well, well nibbled. It was very <laughs> well nibbled. I love a nice nibble. It's <laughs> like a movie carrot. I was I was going to ask, sort of, where did you start with this? Because it is such a big mix of ideas as you've alluded to there mm. like what was the jumping off point for you well the jumping off point was the idea of a normal british kid finding the sword in the stone mm. which is an idea i had when i was 12 or 13 mm -hmm. and i saw et at the cinema mm. the film about the little alien man. yes i'm aware of et and uh i also saw in the same year Mm. Uh, John Borman's Excalibur because it was a period oh, right. in the 80s when VHS videos were new mm -hmm. and there was no certification. Oh, yeah, of course. Like, legislation is always behind innovation. Mm. 
uh, and so uh, that was the case with VHS. So there was a little window where kids could rent anything. Mm -hmm. So one night I rented Zombie Flesh Eaters, <laughs> The Exorcist, Alan Parker's Fame, and John Borman's Excalibur. That's a good what a night. <laughs> uh, and Excalibur, you know, they all had a very traumatic effect on me, but Excalibur in particular because it felt like a science fiction film. Hmm. It's set in the ancient past, but it's so bizarre and otherworldly that it feels like it could be the future. And it's full of all sorts of stuff that a child of my age shouldn't be seeing. Mm. Helen Mirren getting all fruity, <laughs> uh, people lopping each other's heads off. Um, it, it was a real smorgasbord of transgression and mm. excitement. Uh, so in my little brain, I was always thinking of movie ideas. So I yep. thought, oh, it'd be a good idea to do a wish fulfillment movie like E.T., mm -hmm. but have a kid find the sword and the stone. And so when he finds the sword and the stone, all this other stuff ensues from him pulling it. The, mm. He wakes up all these medieval nasties that try and come and get him. And I guess when you do an adventure quest movie, you're you're sort of automatically... And if you're doing that and you're setting it in the real world, you're automatically mm. uh, going to have to make reference to all the stuff that would be in the characters' brains, like mm. Lord of the Rings and um, Star Wars and Potter and stuff. So these are kids that, in the film, they live in the world where those things exist. Mm. And part of the story, in fact, is how their narrative diverges from what they're led to believe should happen in, yes. in stories like that. Yeah. That's a really long answer. I, I loved it. Cheers to you. Bye. I'll, <laughs> I'll ask you a really long question whilst you mm. take a sip. Um, I think that's, you, you hit upon something I've been sort of increasingly thinking about recently, which is there seems to be a trickle of kids' films that respect kids a bit more than they used to. You were talking about people in spandex and, and cartoons, but we we do seem to be building a middle ground that sort of draws on both sides in a way. So I thought Into the Spider-Verse, if I saw yeah. that as a kid, I would have gone insane. I just, yeah. like, I would have... I mean, I haven't seen anything like it now, and yeah. I'm aged. Do you think so. it owed quite a bit to Jet Set Radio, that? Oh, that uh, 100%. That, I was watching it and thinking, this reminds me of a Dreamcast game. I think it's that one. And it's the, the feeling of... that That odd feeling of... I, and which actually Kidderwood King has at the start as well of sort of living like a living comic, a living cartoon mm. that becomes more fun to play because it's almost magical that it moves at all. Right. So that that idea of I, I would love a Spider-Verse game that could in some way replicate the effect of those images yeah. and the way they're presented to you. Um, I read an amazing thing about how they animate the characters every two frames, but every right, character yeah. is on a different frame interval. So they, they're ticking along at different sort of paces, or not paces, but in yeah, different the intervals. different styles of all the different I'm, I'm not an animator. incarnations. But I thought that was yeah. amazing. And yeah, the, the Kid Who Would Be King starts with an intro, which had a very similar effect, where I was like, I would play this game if this was a game. The, it starts you, with the, his little storybook coming to life. Mm. So it starts with two, uh, 90 seconds of animation by mm -hmm. this brilliant Spanish company that did all the stuff for A Monster Calls. Oh, right. Yeah, really beautiful stuff. Yeah, that, that's hard work. I can imagine. Oh, they did what, a beautiful job. Were you, I mean, sort of, what's the difference in directing for that as opposed to directing the rest of that live action movie? Well, the plus point is you're just sitting in offices, in air conditioned mm -hmm. offices during <laughs> office hours, uh, looking at computer screens, giving notes. Mm. But it's like, it's like, it's, it's like thinking of an image in your head and then trying to go through a chain of Chinese whispers to get it right. done. Mm hmm. So you're sort of directing people's imaginations as opposed to their actions. Yeah, in yeah, a way. yeah. And so you're so so inevitably the process is it's just 
they're getting it slightly wrong. Mm. Not because it's wrong, just because. So it's it's just no do that, no do that, no do that, <laughs> no do that, and it's and sometimes it can become a bit um, tiring. Mm. But not to say they weren't brilliant; they were amazing, and often they do stuff that's better than you could ever have imagined it. And what they turned out was was really really good. That's cool, and I mean it's also. After Attack the Block, which I'm sure many of our listeners will have will have seen, um, it's your second time with a predominantly a like a youth cast. Yeah, what brought you back to that again? I don't know. It's this. This is definitely a younger cast, mm. and it's you know Attack the Block was for teenagers yes. really, older teenagers, because mm-hmm. uh, it's got bad naughty things in it, and this is for, <laughs> this is for younger kids, so it doesn't have any of the drug use or the throats being ripped out or the F-bombs. Um, I don't know. I did try and get a bunch of movies off the ground between that and this that yes. did not have young people in them. Mm-hmm. But this I wrote based on that idea I had as a kid and it was always going to be that story. And this is the one that, for better or for worse, came to fruition. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, uh, I think that's it. It's just something that happened sort of organically rather than intentionally. Right. I, I mean, I did... The one thing that really stuck out to me during that film was uh, we've got Louis Ashbourne Circus front and centre. Yes. Uh, son of Andy. Yes. And I did find myself occasionally going, he reminds me of a monkey I once knew. <laughs> right. like, which is really odd to have a flash of like yeah. an animated character yeah. in other films yeah. from uh, just a young child with a sword, which is not something I expected going yeah. in. It's great. Well, he's really brilliant, mm. Louis. And in fact, one of the nice things about working with actors of this age is they're, they're really excited to be in the movie it's yes. the same with Attack the Block and, and, and I, I think sometimes it's more of a day's work mm. with older actors but it, it creates this energy on the set where it feels like a sort of um, you know uh, incredible opportunity and mm. this rare moment for everybody and um, and Louis really brilliant really gifted really talented he's part of a cast with all sorts of different levels of experience yes yeah. so it was a real meritocracy when we cast we we were completely sort of blind to people's backgrounds and levels of experience but he did the most fantastic audition and then he's he's backed up by this brilliant kid called dean shamu and tom taylor and rihanna doris and then angus imry who plays this very um eccentric charismatic younger version of merlin and he's on he's from the archers isn't he he's he is from the archers yeah. i found that out as i was doing my research i don't like, think he's been on it for a while oh okay right but, um he said he said i asked him about that he said well they call you up at very short notice oh really what's his do you know what his character no name I, is? I haven't committed that to let's memory let's call him archie okay archie I doubt archie. it is archie archie archers <laughs> <laughs> but they go angus archie's being run through by a pitchfork this afternoon get down to the studio <laughs> and you're like, oh my god and you have to um foot. i'm not a listener to the archers i can't say i am either um i love it mm. but i love it sort of um from a distance <laughs> but uh, like yeah an absent he is indeed father. yeah exactly <laughs> i uh yeah I, I was about to go in a, a sort of reverie about the archers but that's yeah. not worth what worth anyone's much, time much. we did a thing about it on on the radio show once because there's a lot of sighing in it <laughs> yes <sighs> oh, Angie, that's the, <laughs> that's the best one. A sigh that turns yeah, into a to word. A word. Yeah, that really. So I did a cut down of an episode with just the sighing. I do remember it that. Sounded very erotic. <laughs> it was. <laughs> yeah, I was a younger man when I heard that for the yeah. first time, and it had a powerful, yeah. powerful effect on me. Sexy farming. Exactly. Um, I, so when I went into my screening, it was in um, 
it was in a room where they they sort of have a security guard to take away your phone and sit with it to watch the film. You cannot be trusted. No, absolutely not. I, yeah. I was planning on filming it. They nabbed me right at the last minute. Mm. But um, the security guard had said um, it was he he'd clearly been in a few. And I was like, oh, so how many times have you seen this? He was like, oh, this is my fourth time. And I was like, oh wow, like what do you think? He was like, and he was very kind about it. Yeah. I should say he was he was quite quite an old man, and he went. Um, I can't remember ex- his exact words, but it was something along the lines of, oh, it reminds me of the good times, <laughs> oh, <laughs> which I thought oh. was re- a lovely pre-endorsement. Oh. But he also told me that um, John Boyega and Kathleen Kennedy had been in the screening room the day before. That's right. Where did watch. you see it then? It was the Dolby screening rooms in oh, really? Soho, okay. which was lovely. Very good audiovisual experience, yes. I should say. Yes, um, mixed in Dolby Atmos, so yes. it would have sounded very good. I did. Yeah, they did see it. And, and like Kathy in particular, Kathy Kennedy, who mm. produced the film about the little alien. Oh, yes. And many others. <laughs> like her response was very important to me. And she was she really responded well to it. That must be very cool to have yeah, have these, cool. these figures swirling around. And yeah. and John, of course, who you, yes. you gave him his big break. Well, I, di- I did. I guess I did give him his you big did. break. Yeah. But then um, he definitely took it and ran with it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he liked it very much. He said he emailed me and said um, there, w- there w- not enough kids got killed. <laughs> he said like, well, should have done it like Attack the Block, where a couple of them got. In fact, a couple of reviews have said like, Kitty Will Be King is very bloodless. Uh, the like, what do they expect? Yeah, there was a <laughs> I'm moment. I'm not going to have a kid walking around with like a massive gash. And, <laughs> well, when we watched- I mean, maybe they're saying I should have attended to that level of reality, but I think by the end of the movie, it becomes sort of heightened it would be quite strange i I was wondering about the the siege (laughs) section whether whether we were about to embark on yes the most well maybe maybe if i do a special edition one day they'll i'll shoot some new scenes of like (laughs) piles of moaning young bodies and like children being carried away on stretchers and stuff i I mean i'm not saying i'd welcome it because that would be committing something to audio that could come back to haunt me yeah but it sounds great um I, i was also wondering watching it if you agree with me that this is the first post-Brexit kids film because it does well, it is loosely the, yeah. grapple with so, you know wider sort of div- division in society around it does you know that's more of that's a sort of coincidence because that's the legend that mm. uh, King Arthur arrives to unite a divided Britain mm-hmm. and in the 5th century or whenever it was all that there was no king and all the tribes were warring sorry got a little lemon and ginger but they were all warring and so so it's just a sort of um coincidence you know sometimes i worry about that because it's a fun escapist entertainment film it's not Mm. like a political lecture no one's going to take their kids to see benedict cumberpatch in the brexit film not that he's in this but you know with his big bald head yeah that would be strange uh but it's definitely you know it was definitely like when i was a kid when i thought of this in the 80s it was a comparatively depressing time to mm. some extent the ira were blowing people up all over the shop frankie goes to hollywood were like doing two tribes so there was the threat of nuclear armageddon you know mm. raymond briggs's um when the wind blows yes. was around tears for fears mad world was in the charts <laughs> so even when you're a kid even though your life is full of fun stuff and homework yeah you do get a little sense of the adult world percolating through don't you think absolutely and i think that's what the film does as well yeah. it's, it's never addressed head on in a in a you know <laughs> where article 50 has been passed yes. which would be strange but it does have a feeling of they're passing newspapers with the headlines that we yeah. would recognize well, from today well when we designed and- those those 
papers, we、mm. had to think of the words that would ping out,、mm-hmm. and they're fairly broad words. It says war, it says chaos, it says division,、mm. and we had to write this sort of articles in case anyone in 4K like paused it to read them. <laughs> I like doing that with movies. If there's ever a, do you, do you do that when someone holds up a page? I've I've done it a few times. I can't、yeah. say I've thought about doing it in. I every always movie, do it because I, I think it's always a little measure of、um, how kind of.、Uh, Obsessive with detail they've been. Yeah. So if any, if you see a page of a book, I'll pause it and read it. How? What's What's the best find you've ever made in a a 4K read? That is a in deep question. I would、I'd、love. To, I'd have to research, but usually people get it right. Sometimes you just get the same paragraph of text just、mm. repeated over and over. Or if like, it's a, but most people now, you know, thoroughly. There's not like Ipsum. Like there's、Lorem、no page、stuff. in his book in this film. If you freeze frame it all, it all makes coherent、mm-hmm. sense. And so you wrote all those newspapers. I did well, not、uh, the, his storybook. I did the newspapers.、Okay. I didn't. But the point of this answer is、mm. they're all stories. Like when it says chaos, the story is actually about the weather. <laughs> right. <laughs> when it says division, it's just some random political thing. War. There's always a war happening somewhere. Yes. So you know what I mean. It just. It just.、Um, Hopefully it'll still work regardless of. The, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But but it certainly yeah. I, I meant it more as not that it's rooted in time,、yeah. but just that it feels like it is. Grappling in some way with what what kids must be. Well,、feeling. it does、yeah. feel like the world could do with a bit more chivalry, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. It could be with just a bit more a bit more decency in public discourse, a little bit more of an effort for people to get on with each other. I'd be nicer to kids if they wore armor as well. Like well, I think I, I think I'd respect them more. <laughs> yeah, on the yeah. tube and、yeah. you know. Kicking out time, or when it, that's、yes. not called kicking out time. For, that's pubs.、Kicking、that's、out. not、What、school. Did you go to? Yeah, well, it's pretty pretty、so、nuts. From the Beano. Um. Ah.、Oh, yeah. I had another. Oh yeah. I thought. I like, I, by the way, that you've drawn the.、Um, I did draw the, the actual. I did draw the actual logo. He's extended the、uh, eye of kid and the K. Can、Very、you、good. can you tell that maybe what I was doing was going? Oh no, I don't have enough questions. <laughs> what what will actually help、Doodling. is if I doodle a bit and you've played、we、directly just, into my hands. We can talk about video games more. That I should say、want. that was when I was about five questions in. Not not all of these.、Good. That's enough questions, I think.、Um, the thing I was actually to get back to games in a way、mm. there was there was a point at which I was going. The structure of the the because we've got a, a sort of day to day time limit for how long they have before、mm. uh, Morgana reemerges, and we have、clock. yeah, and we have a a sense of progression and all like in my very game adult head, sort of leveling up each night、mm. is a harder challenge, and they have to get more、yes. skills and sort of yes level up throughout the film. Which afterwards, I kind of caught myself going, maybe that's just how films are made. Maybe that's narrative structure. Somebody there was is- a tweet that was going around. Somebody said、uh, this this film is like a and it was an acronym I didn't know a JRPG. A JRPG. What does that stand for? A Japanese role playing game. There、so、we go. Final Fantasy or and the like that、yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, and there well, are elements of it that feel that way. That's good. I like that. Yeah. You know, one of my all-time favorite movies is Die Hard. Yes. Starring Bruce Willis, <laughs> and that is like a video game in the best way. It does, oh like, yeah. Sometimes people use that as an insult, like they're like, "Oh, this is like watching someone else play a video game." You know, it's all、mm. action, and you don't feel connected to the characters. Die Hard is very much not like that, but it's where the story structure is almost directly connected to the physical structure of the space.、Mm. And because it's set in a building, all the levels are very deli- delineated,、mm. uh, and there's a sort of boss level. There are different levels of antagonism. So it starts with the,、uh, you know, with the、um, a one cop car, then a bunch of cop cars, then the RV, then the helicopters,、mm. 
Um, so I really like that. I really like I like video games. Yeah. And I like the unity of space, action, and character. Um, yeah. And I think the as the Die Hard movies go on, they become less good because they become more open world. Yeah, absolutely. And what they're really where they're really good when they're constrained to a limited location just cause 4 wouldn't be a good film essentially <laughs> what you want is a do you think i bet it's in development just cause 4 no you cuz you'd have to replicate all the broken bits <laughs> yes. i mean someone should do that and in fact the the game of the film of snow crash you know neil stevenson's novel yes. that i've been attached to for yonks that has all sorts of elements where um i wanted to try and fold in glitches and brokenness mm. into a movie because if you had an entirely photorealistic virtual world, mm -hmm. but it still behaved uh, technically and mathematically in the way that a video game world did, mm. like what would wouldn't that be amazing? Yes, where you could actually go underground and see, you know when when you get thrown out of video game, yeah, world you could you like clip it. out of the yeah, the clipping out. The, you you the know textures. all the terminology, yeah. Like if you had cheat codes where collision detection was switched mm -hmm. off. I don't want to say too much because someone's going to steal all this. <laughs> but I don't know if that'll ever happen. But um, but it just seems like a massively um, like an open goal for somebody to do that because all video game players know that mm. they know they're familiar with that but for some reason nobody's put it in I think there is a movie being developed where someone realises they're a character in a video game and they're kind of stuck I thought Ready Player One had a so sort of solid grasp of that kind of thing maybe less so on the, the it didn't breaking really glitch, the world though, did it? no but the, there were elements of you know, people being able to sort of turn on flying and that kind of thing. That's a, that's almost right. like God mode in a, in yeah. a, che in a cheap manual But then that just sort of ends up in the same world as a superhero movie. Yes. Whereas yeah. it's, it's to do all the peculiar geometric stuff mm. and all the stuff that breaks the laws of physics and screws around with them in a in a mathematical way that I think would be good. Mm. I, I am a huge Snow Crash fan. I would love mm. to know where you are at with that because that was a very exciting day when I saw your was, name attached it? to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, we, I, I wrote a screenplay that Neil Stevenson really loved and we all really loved, but Paramount, it was for Paramount. They mm -hmm. were going through weird times. Right. And I think in the end they decided to finance Ghost in the Shell instead. I they thought that well, was we can probably only make one big cyberpunk movie. Uh, but Snow Crash is an ambitious thing, right? Mm. It's um, it's it's quite clever. Yes, and it's huge. It's got these two massive futuristic worlds folded into each other. Um, it was really good fun to write, mm. and I was really pleased with what I ended up with. But yeah, Paramount didn't go for it, so now it's sort of um, a TV thing mm -hmm. where we've taken completely the opposite. Uh, instead of going for a massive budget thing, we've gone for a thing where it's actually all about the minutiae. Okay. Um, and we will see what happens with that. When you say the minutiae, do you mean in terms of pulling those worlds apart rather than... Well, the idea of like, instead of doing a thing where a character walks up to a window and the camera pushes in and it's a sort of blade <laughs> runner, like, whoa, like you would be in what you think is a normal space, but it would be the way the, the surface of the water behaves in a glass right, okay. that would tell you whether it was virtual or real. Ah. Or it would be little nuances of, of exactly how your mobile phone interface worked. Mm -hmm. So the idea of, I mean, there's two, there's two types of movie, right? There's a massive blockbuster, mm. and then there's something like... Um, have you ever seen a film called A Man Escaped? No, I haven't. French film, by which is all about a guy trying to escape from prison using a spoon. Okay. And it's so detailed that it's equally epic. Right. 
and and that's what I mean by minutiae. Every it it focuses on tiny. Th- it focuses in on tiny things. It's sort to of such a brilliant extent that it becomes. It's like when Hitchcock says, you know, you did Lifeboat. You know, the idea mm. that you can make a movie in. It's the way you tell the story rather than where the story's set. It's almost atomic or molecular in exactly, some way. Yeah, yeah. Because there's all that yeah. chaos. So the movie version of Snow Crash was the was the big version. Mm-hmm. But the TV version would be. Um, the very the, the the small version where it's just little morsels of detail that right. gradually build. That sounds excellent. When when can we see that? I don't, never, probably. <laughs> oh, I don't please. know. Please. <laughs> I don't know. If we get enough people just saying please, would yeah. that be all right? Would I that don't work? know. Yeah, maybe. Go on then. I mean, there's a few people that listen to this. That'd be great. <laughs> it's written. It's being written by uh, Michael Bacall. I've been oh, working okay. with him, who wrote um, Scott Pilgrim yes. and um, Twenty One Jump Street and. Uh, and uh, all sorts of very brilliant things. Amazing. He's very clever. That would be brilliant. Man. All right, everyone, please just email someone. I don't know. I don't know who. Is it still Paramount? Do we need to email them? Who do, who do we email about this? It would have to be one of the telly people, one, okay. of, the, one of the stream streamy people. All right, I'll set up a mailing list. We'll get it sorted. Okay. Don't worry about <laughs> Thank it. Thank you. Good. Um, and I think we're creeping up on time. So we have one last question that we also ask all our guests, mm. which is, have you seen The Prestige? I have. Okay, I've got stuff to... Why? Is there another question? No, uh, just do you like it? Yeah, so what I would recommend with The Prestige mm-hmm. is the book is incredible. I read the book yes. but long before I saw the film. The book is fantastic. But the book is written by Christopher Priest. There's a book about the book, also written by Christopher Priest. It's it's it, it's You can get it on secondhand bookshops. I think it was a small mm-hmm. print run. But it's about Christopher Priest's experience of writing the book and then his experience of having it turned into a film oh, wow. by Christopher Nolan. Okay. And what that is like for an author, because there's there's lots of differences and there's some fundamental differences between the book and the film mm. that Christopher Priest does not appreciate. Right. And he goes into great detail about why and what the experience was like and stuff like what it... Because he's, he's quite a mature guy, Christopher Priest. Mm-hmm. He wrote the book a while ago. And so when the film came out, it was his introduction to online movie nerdism. Right. And so it's also about his journey as an author being pulled into this world of movie fans and online analysis. Wow. And it's, I think it's called The Magic. I might okay. be wrong. But, but if you're into that movie... Oh, 100%. And you love the novel, then that is the third thing you have to have. Christopher Priest's book about the experience of having his book turn into a movie. That's the most informative answer we've ever had to that question. <laughs> We're just sort of collectively obsessed with the prestige yeah. to the point where we almost as like an in-joke did a screening at the end of last really? year to, a, to an audience of some people who'd seen it and some people who hadn't. Was but that Bowie's last role? I don't know if it was his... L- oh... I can't. It I, was I haven't post, thought about that. It was post Zoolander. I'm sure he must have done some right. strange art film afterwards. Right, but maybe it was his last feature. Film I think it might have been his last big one. Yeah. We had Andy Serkis in here as well and talked very movingly about working with David Bowie, who was apparently obsessed with. Um, they had, you know, the cats that they they clone. Um, he was obsessed right. with the little model versions of those cats really? they had to make, and apparently would just like go and play with them in What's between a funny takes. Face. Yeah. What's the eyes, though? <laughs> Sounded uh, excellent. Yeah, wow. We've managed to end two of our uh, guest podcast interviews with mentions of Bowie and just feeling a bit sad about it all now, but that's all right. Thank you so much for coming in, Joe. Thanks for having me. I had a lovely it's time. It's been fun. So did I. Thank you. Kings. Lots of kings. Yes. And moving it. You've segued you for me. It's really thrown me. <laughs> you can't have kings without kingdoms. No. And or is so, it vice versa? And you can't have kings without... 
them owning a heart because they'd die otherwise. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 3. We talked yes. about it a bit last week. We've now actually played it. Yeah. We're going to have a brief chat about what I think so far. Yeah. I've played about eight hours. Mm. I like it. It's exactly what I remember of Kingdom Hearts 2. Fun. I like all the Disney stuff. As soon as anyone who looks human comes in and talks about hearts, I just lose interest. It's fucking nonsense. <laughs> I, I played two hours yesterday. I, I would estimate maximum 45 minutes of that was me actually controlling the game. Maybe yeah. half an hour. And that was after skipping the 20 minutes of cutscenes mm. at the start. Because I just said, you know what? I kind of have a vague idea of the backstory. I'll just watch these on YouTube later. It's not going to set me up for this. Yeah. Um, as you pointed out, the game begins with the title card saying Kingdom Hearts 2.9. Which I tweeted out like last week when the embargo dropped and a few people generally thought I was joking. Which I could, you could see that was <laughs> yeah. a joke. I wasn't joking. I was actually like serious once. Yeah. It is a piss take. Like Tetsuya Nomura is a piss take. He's <laughs> a, a walking piss take. Yeah. It's insane. <laughs> the fact that like having met the man the mm. fact that Mickey Mouse dresses like Tetsuya Nomura in this oh, game yeah. is one of the biggest like this is he is an <laughs> egotist of the highest order and that goes that, you know, and that can cut both ways yeah. it's like Kojima as well His, he believes so much in himself that he will always skew into complete maniacal mm. bullshit but at least he has he he, in games as well. yeah. Yeah. but at least he has made some absolutely brilliant games but, like <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 3 when I'm actually allowed to play it is yeah. brilliant fun it and is really fun and it is like a perfect mix of action and RPG like I'm really enjoying mm. getting to grips the first with half it. an hour is a slog it's about you get about three cinematics a music video oh. um, four times the word Kingdom Hearts 3 comes up yeah then 2.9. <laughs> yeah. So I, I respect so much of what this game is because there can never be anything else like this again. Yeah. No. Because it's a, it was a contract signed 20 years ago when it wasn't clear what games would be. Mm. Yeah. And we're now here and it's insane. Yeah. Like, it's completely ridiculous. But the overarching story just doesn't interest yeah. me whatsoever. But I do... The little vignettes in each world you get are... Now, some of them are... I've done... I'm one and a half worlds in. I won't say which ones, just in case yeah. people don't want that spoiled. Which order are, you do? Is that a spoiler as well? No, there, that's we out know, there. There's seven Disney worlds. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've done one and a half. The first one, although I loved being there, the story is pretty weak and pointless, I'm not going to lie. But can you just skip every cutscene? Is it possible to just... Yeah, you can. Yeah, pretty much. There's a few bits. The, the thing... I only skipped the opening ones because I was like, I can watch these again and I know what they do. Yeah. And you've told me what they are. Yeah. Um, I've watched every one since then. There are a few where if you skipped them, you would lose your place so dramatically that... And you, you might actually miss sort of... There's one where it introduces the little phone thing you get. Hmm. Like, you get a phone, you can take selfies and take pictures of hidden right. mickeys and hmm. stuff like that. And I think if you didn't see that and suddenly it was flashing up a tutorial for it, you might be a bit lost. Right, okay. Which is annoying because then, there's a lot of I mean, shite to get through. Until <laughs> they tell there's you so many systems and, I mean, there's a lot of tutorials, but it actually needs more tutorials. It does. We were talking the this upgrade, morning. Like the, it doesn't tell you a lot, but I'm sure this is me... I've only ever played Kingdom Hearts 2. If you've played every single game between, you know these systems. So I think that this is all the culmin. Yeah, I know. Bucks. But <laughs> like you have to play that's how game. these games are. Yeah. But um, I really do want to get across. I know I'm being mean about it. I it's do really, really want to get across. When you are allowed to play it, it's wicked. <laughs> yeah. Like the the combat I love, uh, the, the upgrade system that we were just talking about. Mm. It, I don't know if this has always been in Kingdom Hearts, but 
to the thing it reminds me of is near automata which has one of my favorite upgrade things which is you earn abilities but you only have a certain amount in near it's like hard drive space right, okay. to install your abilities hmm. but you can uninstall basic stuff so you could like if you need like that one point extra of stuff you can go like I don't really need a mini map so you can just yeah. take your mini map away oh, that's cool. and so in this you can like uninstall moves if you want stronger moves or like little you know if you want treasure to be magnetized to you, you could be like, oh, I don't really need like that bit of that combo. So yeah. I can just take that out and then I can add treasure magnet. And I'm oh, like, nice. that's really exciting. It doesn't fucking tell you that exists. I just found it by accident in a menu. <laughs> um, but then you know, the attraction flow stuff, there's an early boss fight where you end up on a train mm. shooting fireworks out of the train spout. And it's like... God knows why. It's Yeah, no idea why, but it's one of the most <laughs> spectacular things I've seen in a game for the oh last year. God, it's right. fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... it's it is really thing. fun. It's just... Yeah. <laughs> Didn't they at one point in Kingdom Hearts used, in the past used to have loads of square characters in? Like, well, Final Fantasy characters. Yeah, they allude to that in this. I think they kind of... Unless that's a big thing later on, it feels like they've just gone. You know what? Bit much. People want Disney. <laughs> but, that's yeah, all they want. But there yeah. is a bit. This early is the streamlined on. version. <laughs> yeah. is, there's a bit early on where it alludes to the fact that, like, at one point, a guy was traveling around with Cloud from Seven and yeah. Oron from Eight, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that would be wicked, wouldn't it? <laughs> I'd love to see Oron in this in this engine." Um, but yeah, it's it looks incredible. Also, it's worth pointing out that like, the presentation's fantastic. Like the yeah. little everything from. When you earn, uh, when you sort of build up to a special move and your keyblade changes form and stuff, like the little bits of UI that it creates for that, which are all mm. um, like styled after the properties they come from, right. just looks so beautiful. Like there's a genius graphic designer, at least one, yeah. maybe, um, <laughs> on this game. Um, and what, every time you visit a new world for the first time, it does these like amazing little um, animated sort of. Um, what would you call them? Like when like a, a location title comes cards, up. Like yeah, a title yeah. card for every every location. And every time one of those comes up, I'm like, fuck, that's brilliant. Mm. And then it's someone talking. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you think you both are going to finish it? Or? I couldn't tell you I'll that get, right now. I'll finish all the Disney worlds and then see where the story goes. <laughs> okay. But I can see, I'm going to, I'm certainly pushing through for now just because, yeah. I, I'm enjoying it when it's Especially a thing. It's, there's an excitement about seeing the next world and exactly. seeing what that's got to exactly. offer as well. Yeah. And if there's a point where I need to start grinding, then I'm not going to be interested because right. I remember two and one, um, I've been told about one, the difficulty spike near the end is absurd. Oh, really? I've heard it's not as bad in this one. I haven't one. read that in so, the reviews yeah, and stuff. Hopefully I can get through without being stuck at any point because... I just want to see everything in it. I don't need to... Com I'm not a completionist when it comes mm. to this game because there's too much. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, it's an interesting thing. Question for you, Caddy. Mm. How big are the eyes in Kingdom Hearts? Are you trying to do a segue? Everyone's doing yeah. segue yeah. each other today. I'm setting you up, baby. Really? Uh, I think you're talking about eyes because I've seen a film called Alita Battle Angel. Yes. Robert Rodriguez's new film, a passion project from James Cameron. That's I think he's been it? wanting to make this since 2003 James Cameron changes CGI multiple times and he's finally reached the, the extent of his powers and do you know what bit bigger eyes <laughs> the see, they've, they've reduced them since the original trailer so there was backlash because okay. they were it wasn't off put, yeah it wasn't off putting to me I think one thing I love about this film is that it looks incredible sorry in 3D and it's James Cameron's technology that he's been making for his 3D documentaries right okay. and it's some of the best 3D I've seen because it's not and 
avoid a pun it's not in your face as much as mm, you know there's not obvious parts where things are flying at your face yeah, it's sure. actually used for depth. In, like, depth, depth yeah depth. like some of the giant landscapes are incredible in mm. 3d and basically if you don't know what this film is it's it's based on a manga from i don't know i think it's quite old like 80s or right. 70s i'm not I i'm not a manga fan um but um it's about so christoph waltz is this doctor guy who's kind of built this bionic girl from a brain he's found, <laughs> he's found a brain. <laughs> in a scrapyard. And oh, he's kind okay. of rebuilt what? this girl and brought her back to life. And she doesn't really know who she is okay. or what she was before. Is it a bit like Ghost in the Shell? It's, I haven't seen Ghost in the Shell, okay. but it's, it's that, you know, that thing of bionic cyborg. Yeah. Girl, angry, oh, angry Pinocchio. Why has yeah. he found a brain in a? What's a brain doing in a scrapyard? Look, things have happened. Is, I it don't like know. A, is it like a slapstick scene where he's like taking a walk through the scrapyard and he goes, nah. trips over it, and goes. <laughs> he kind of does. You see him pick an eye out of a robot. This is the very open scene, and he looks to his right, and he just sees a full head. Okay. <laughs> it's a mad film, um, but I do think it's stunning. Some of the action scenes are incredible. Like one reminded me so much of the race scene from Ready Player One, oh, which yeah. is yeah. whatever you say about Ready. On that scene, I think is brilliant the way that it all comes and together. Second, and the second act, yeah, fantastic. Enough. It has parts that remind me of that, but similar to The Kid Who Would Be King, I think the dialogue and some of the acting lets it down so much. Mm-hmm. Like, there's I think the lead uh, actress who plays it's a weird role because it's fully CGI, but the face is odd. It's a weird role to play, but she's she's good. Christoph Waltz is Christoph Waltz, but right. a kinder version. So it's, it's weird that Christoph Waltz sort of burst onto the scene, at least in English language, mm. and everyone's like, "Oh my god, this yeah. guy's incredible!" And now more I see him, I'm like, "Oh, is he just like Alan Rickman? Yeah. He just does yeah. that. He doesn't have a ton to do. Same. With, they've wasted some good people. Like Jennifer Connelly is in it, but barely does anything. Mm. It's the That's most one-dimensional role. Uh, Mahershala Ali, who's arguably one of the best actors in the world at the moment." Is made him look naff, which is you showed me one picture yeah. where he looks exactly like Morpheus. Yeah, it's not good. And it reminded me of that Hannibal Buress bit in the Eric Andre but show. It's a weird thing because <laughs> I have so many mixed feelings about this film because there's so much of it in there that I do like, but it's like they're trying to. I think it's the first four books of the manga that they've okay. tried to make into this two and a bit hour film. And it feels so rushed. There's so many different things going on. And it ends quite obviously setting up a sequel. And no. I'm like, it's one of those where it could do really well and people love it. Or it could just completely flop and they're like, we're never seeing that sequel. Yeah. I mean, it comes out really soon, right? And I feel like there's no buzz. No, it. it's Robert Rodriguez. So it's he does have this weird track record of highly successful kids films like Spy Kids. Yeah. And then Mad like ultra violent things like Grindhouse and in the From Dust Till Dawn. It's his first ever PG thirteen film. I was gonna say it doesn't so seem like No, like there's no violent. blood. The blood in it's blue. So there's oh. it's like a I imagine it's a twelve A here, I haven't looked. But okay. it's it's that sort of thing and it looks incredible. There's some good set pieces, the fine's good, but just the plot just and the dialogue. Together. Not really, no. It's a shame. It is a shame. Yeah, but you know, I think people will like it more than I did. It's not necessarily my cup of tea as a film anyway. I mean, if you're a fan of the original manga as well, like... I imagine there's a lot. Yeah, I imagine if you've read that and you're a fan, I think they've done an anime version as well. If you've watched that, I imagine there's lots of little nods and details. Like there's quite obviously bits where like she like puts some blood onto her cheeks and it's on the poster. Like I imagine that's a cool moment that you'll be like, oh, that's... 
I've it- finally seen that. Oh, like she like yeah, there's little touches which I was like, oh, they're quite obviously zooming in on this, but it means nothing to me. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How's the music? I I can't remember it. Okay. If that's so it. Some people expect the music to be really cool. Uh, I don't know why. No. It has that weird thing of all action films at the moment, like have a really cool last shot and then it cuts to the credits and there's this like big pop number. You know, like yeah, Black yeah. Panther did it well, I think. Mm. And what's another one I'm thinking of? It's happened recently with a lot of films. And yeah, it just cuts this like like d- electronic hip hop and you're like, this has not been in the rest of the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you okay. just trying to sell a thing? I believe it's by Dua Lipa. Is that how you say her name? Yeah, I'm not Dua up Lipa. to it. It is Dua Lipa. Yeah. But there we go. Kind of like... The Prestige. Yes, which is, <laughs> is also is weird. a weird thing, but is it ever bad to have Tom York in anything? Absolutely not. No. But yeah, Battle, I wouldn't say, yeah, I'd say go see it it's a spectacle and it's actually good in 3D. I was not, it's the one of those where I got to the screen and I was like, they were like, make sure you pick up your 3D glasses. And I was like, oh, fuck. I don't know if I'm feeling a little bit headachey already. Yeah, yeah. But it actually, yeah, it worked. Fair play to him. I think if James Cameron's involved in a 3D film, you can generally feel kind of yeah, safe about that. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. Dale. Good stuff. Hello. You're in charge of the Endless Search. I uh, am. Continuing hunt for a game that could possibly replace Keyword Countdown. Yes. Keep sending them in, by the way. Like, we do read them all, and we've got a backlog, but it's always nice to get new ones. Most of them aren't shite. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a few are. Okay. <laughs> and you know who you are. What's, <laughs> what's this one called? Uh, so, we'll get to that. Uh, oh, okay. So, the guy who sent it in... Not got a Barry- jingle. Oh, we'll, we'll sort that out in a bit, don't worry. The guy who sent that in is called Barry Stevenson, and he never gave it a name, so we're going to have to give it a name. Okay. But this is what Barry said anyway. Hey guys, uh, we just had a game of this while I was working offshore to fill in some time while surveying a rope. Except, sorry? It says, while surveying a rope. Whilst offshore? Yeah. Barry, what do you do? <laughs> surveying ropes. Well, it sounds like he works on boats. Uh, Offshore rope surveyor. <laughs> we weren't doing it for points, but you could easily add a scoring aspect. I have what, surveying the rope? Oh. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, a bit thicker there. <laughs> Two points to me. <laughs> right. The, uh, the idea of the game is to pick five quotes from a movie, starting with the most obscure lines and moving to something more obvious. You get five mm. points for guessing the movie on the first quote, then four, then three, etc. It's weird. It's almost as if everyone has a structure for point <laughs> scoring in mind on this show. Uh, there's also this one, though. There's a chance of the bonus point if you can name the character that said the quote. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, so he did an example. I'll just read it out. So five points. I'm going to hit you so hard when you wake up, your clothes will be out of fashion. That's good. Any idea? I don't know. So it's Brandon Walsh in The Goonies. And mm. the one point example was, I'm setting booby traps. Which is a very obvious quote from the Goonies. Is it? You've seen the Goonies. I, yeah. I have not seen the Goonies. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we need a name for this. And boys, you may not know this, but yeah. I love alliteration. Okay. So I've stuck <laughs> Dale down. Driver would, wouldn't he? Yeah. I've and now, I, wait, my suggestion I think will be worse than yours. So can I go first? Yes, go. I'm going to call it quote, 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 quote. <laughs> well, I've gone for fit. quality quote quiz. Quality quote quiz. That's uh, all right. <laughs> you got a better yeah. suggestion. Uh, uh, quality quote quiz. Uh, go. What fucker said it? No, that's five syllables as well. What knob said it? What knob <laughs> said it? Keep it clean, mate. What knob said it is good. I do like that. Let's go with that. Okay, here's the jingle. What knob said it? It's what knob said it. It's what knob said it. It's what knob said it. Right, okay. 
Are you ready, boys? Yeah. Remember, it's five points for the first one, one point for the last one. Bonus point if you get the actor, uh, the character who said it. Ooh, okay. I'm and so there ready. There is a link. There is a link. There is a link. There's always a link. Love There's a link. always a link. Movie one. Did you come back to say you forgive me to save my soul? Oh, that does ring a bell. It sounds like a lyric from a bad like a, song. I'm purposely yeah. not reading it like I'm not performing. Is that from it. a seal song? Save my soul. So, did you come Constantine. Back to, no. Damn Did it. you come back to say you forgive me to save my soul? By the way, I'm not actually, I'm, I'm not going to say no. I'm to just going to, if soul. you say the right one, I'll say yes. Oh, okay. Right. right. Ghost. Actually, I will say no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So no one's getting that one. Next quote. No one's from nowhere. Back to the future. No. Oh. No idea. Oh, this is, I feel like I know this. Next one. We're going to win this war, not by fighting what we hate, but by saving what we love. Oh, God, I know. This is so annoying. Edge of Tomorrow? Nope. Saving. Saving Private Ryan. Ready Player One? Nope. Okay, I'm moving on. You think you can turn him? Pathetic child. I cannot be betrayed. What? Oh, it's... Is it Force Awakens? No. Uh, Last Jedi. Jedi. Last Jedi. Jedi. Uh, that's Caddy for two points. No Can you name the character who said that? The, does the same person say them all, or is it? No, it's different. Okay. Most of the time it's different. Well, I know that. Uh, so it's, the, sorry, it was the, you think you can turn him. It was, you think you can turn him? Snoke. Child. Yes, it was Snoke. So you get three points, Caddy. Right. Whee. The Last Jedi. Moving on to film number two. Don't think I would have got that. He is a knob as well. <laughs> <laughs> I may not be a man of God, Reverend. I know right and I know wrong and I have the good grace to know which is which fuck oh I know this Gangs of New York no oh I'm going to have to push you Jay. Ah! <laughs> there will be blood just no. saying it no next um, one no. <laughs> oh. next quote everyone and their mums is packing round here oh. hot fuzz yes, yes. Hot fuzz. Uh, you just beat me to it name? oh I can't remember his name no, no, I don't. No, it's DC, DS Andy Cartwright. Yeah, so it's four or three. Is that to Paddy Joe. Considine's coach, or is it? It's one of the two Mustachy boys. It's Paddy Considine. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and the other one. Do you want to know the other? Quotes? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Have you ever fired a gun while in a high-speed pursuit? Uh, drop in and see me sometime. My discounts are criminal. No, it's good, isn't it? Two blokes and a fuckload of cutlery. <laughs> that is a I, good film. I would have found that one quite hard. The yeah. last one. I love that film. So um, good. Right, movie number three. Just go, into ki- just go into the kitchen to get some food, and then I'm going to tell you a story that will make your ball shrink into the size of raisins. <laughs> I feel like I'd, if I knew this film, I'd know it from that. <laughs> nah. Okay. We believe that fruits and vegetables have feelings, so we think cooking is cruel. We only eat things that have already fallen off a tree or a bush that are, in fact, dead already. Oh, I feel like I don't know this film. You might not. What is this? Definitely sounds a like a comedy. Film. It's a well-known film. Uh, the next one. It's as if I've taken love heroin and now I can't ever have it again. What is this? <laughs> I just don't think I know this film. Love heroin. Right. heroin. I'm going to push you, boys. Austin name? Powers. No. Is it something? It's something like that. Okay. <laughs> For two points. Everyone in the world knows who you are. My mother has trouble remembering my name. So it's everyone in the world knows who you are, but my mother has trouble remembering my name. Is this mm. like Love Actually or something? Not Love Actually. 
Notting, Notting Hill. Hill. It is Notting no, Hill. Oh, <laughs> Who said that first? I think you just crept out now. There's two points. It felt, it felt a, very... Love Heroin replay. really made me think Richard Curtis. Yeah. Uh, I don't know any other characters. Uh, it's William, that. which I believe is Hugh Grant. Uh, yeah. Two points to Joe. So it's 6-3 to oh. Joe. Uh, the last one was, and don't forget, I'm also just a girl standing in front of a boy asking him to love her. That, I, I would, that's the only line I know from that yeah. film. There's something about the, like, sort of fake... Uh, the fake edginess of love yeah. heroin that made me go that's fucking Curtis <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, movie number four just look at the face it's vacant with a hint of sadness like a drunk who's lost a bet oh no, no clues no 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 okay though no one though no one official is prepared to comment religious groups are calling it judgment day independence oh. day no oh. Mars Attacks. Went for that. Uh, 2012. The day after tomorrow. No. no, no. <laughs> Fuck. I think I know this. Right. Godzilla. I'm going on to the next one for three points. Is it the world's end? No. Who died and made you fucking king of the zombies? Sean of the Dead. Oh, oh, no. Is that Cardi? That was Cardi. Three point. Who says it, Cardi? Uh, sorry, what was the quote? Who died and made you fucking king of the zombies? Oh, uh, is it? Whatever, is it the Irish character? No, I can't remember the name. No, it's Nick Frost's character. Is Ed. it? Yeah. I, j- I honestly don't know any of their names in these films. I know Nick Sean. Angel and I know Sean. <laughs> uh, the other quotes were, as Mr. Sloan always says, there's no I in team, but there is an I in pie. Oh, and there's also an I in meat pie. And last one, we're coming to get you, Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was the most recognisable one. most recognisable one's a man. That is really recognisable. Is it? I guess it's purely off me. <laughs> what I remember. Okay, so this is interesting. It's 6-6. Six, six. We're down to the final one. Goddamn. Someone called that a tie. The final movie. <laughs> Wait, I didn't steal anything. I was returning something I stole. Oh, I know this. I feel like I watched this in the last couple of days. <laughs> you can't no. answer? No. Okay, next one. All those years ago, you picked me. What did you see in me? Oh come on! <laughs> I I watched this really I recently. This I think this is actually yeah. quite tough, isn't it? Turning. Okay, I'm going soul. on to the next one. You give godlike powers to everyone. It's going to be chaos. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you give godlike powers to everyone. It's going to be chaos. Bruce Almighty. No. Watchmen. <laughs> no. Oh, uh, Captain America. No. Oh fuck! What is that? <laughs> I watched this really recently and it's bugging me so much. Was the Incredibles? No, I'm going to have to go to the next one. One question. Is it too late to change the name? The Dark Knight? No. Batman? No. Like Batman. Oh, the Social Network? No. Oh, God, what is this? I know what the, this you is going to change do me in. You're name. absolutely going to get it on the last one, by the way. Yeah, so it's it's going to be a change fight. The name. The Ready name. for the last one, boys? The Godlike Powers one is definitely one of... Do not screw with the regulator. If that regulator Ghostbusters, com- no. If that regulator is compromised, you would go subatomic. And man, and man. Oh. yes, Cardi gets oh, it. Who says it, Cardi? Uh, uh, Hank Pym. It is Hank Pym. Two nice. points. So six, no, eight, six. God, that was tense. What is the link? The movies were Ant Man, Shaun of the Dead. Edgar Wright's involved in all of them. No, damn it. Ant Man, Shaun of the Dead, Hill, Hot Fuzz, and The Last Jedi. Ooh. Notting Hill's a weird outlier in that. So's the last Jedi, I think. They all have characters in joke but tap the block. 
They all Joe have Cornish. characters. Joe the Attack. I'm sorry, <laughs> I, uh, actors that are in Attack the Block or in Joe Cornish films. I feel like I'm going to give you that caddy. It's the link is that Joe Cornish has been involved in all of no. these. Right? Oh. Yes. Yes. You were so close to Notting right? Hill. Yeah, of course. He was an extra in Notting Hill. Yeah. Didn't know that. Fair play to him. Yeah. You've taught That's me it. something, Dale. Not only have you entertained me, you've t- taught me. Mm. <laughs> all right. Let's do some feedback, shall yes. we? Oh, feedback. Yes. I got the first piece here. Ooh, oh. Dale. Right. This is from Quinton from South Carolina. I like the name Quinton. Yeah, it's good. It reminds me of Quinton Fortune. Jackson. <laughs> uh, last week you were talking about movies not to watch for your parents. Hearing y'all, I can't say y'all. Yes, hearing, you can. You just hearing did. You all, <laughs> hearing you all. Hearing y'all discussion <laughs> reminded me of memorable experiences along the same vein. When Quinton Tarantino's The Hateful Eight was being released, you may remember they had a special 70mm roadshow screening. Well, six of my friends and I drove around three and a half hours to the closest of the hundred theatres across the country to see the film in all its analogue and wide format glory. Fair play, Q. It was an amazing experience. The next day, my mum asked me how it was. I excitingly told her about how much of a great time I had, but failed to mention that I had mixed feelings about the film itself. A few days later, she texted me to say, that movie was really weird. (laughs) She unfortunately took my excitement about the experience as a recommendation to watch the movie with my stepfather. I, I unknowingly, unknowingly sent my mother to watch Samuel Jackson. Can't even say a sentence. Samuel Jackson orally rape another man on film. Jesus. Do you know I um graphic, I watched that. I really like that film, and I watched it for the second time recently. I completely forgot about that whole story yeah, and yeah, scene, that and, and that they the actually end. pretty much show it. As well. That's the yeah. end of the first act as well, isn't it? Uh, yes, yeah, like, like halfway through, story, isn't it? Yeah, like, the whole blowjob bit. I think that's one of Quentin Tarantino's best. But I think quite low of him. <laughs> I really like that film, but I think I, I it like takes him. far too long to get to the building, to get to the haberdashery. Mm. Like, it's about 50 minutes before they yeah, get there. That's I, it. I, I You'd almost, it. It would almost feel like a more exciting film if it was just like, they're there and we yeah. don't know why and everything else. Well, but then you don't get all the setup of the letter. I mean, and they, the... they want you on side. Well, I mean, Samuel you could Jackson, do those things in I different suppose, ways. But I'm I like just it. chop it. I, I like yeah, it. I thought it was good. Uh, he also says, uh, P.S. More football manager. <laughs> I, that's all in caps, by the way. Uh, I loved hearing about Dale's son, Donovan. He's a good lad. Donovan's a uh, edge. I don't know shit about soccer, but I love the segment. There we go. Oh, that's mad. I don't know what you're getting out of that. Do you know, <laughs> um, I should point out because it's hard to find, but if you look on the IGN uh, website for last week's episode, <laughs> is it last week or the week before? It was like two weeks um, ago. The Donovan Driver episode, uh, I found a picture on Facebook of a 19-year-old Dale and put it on the Donovan profile. Yeah, it's a very horrible picture. <laughs> it's fucking brilliant. It's Dale looking fucking mean with a cigarette. Donovan, Donovan update, by the way. He's out on loan again. Is this he? Season. Yeah, Where's just, he gone? So I brought him back at the end of the season and I had the Champions League final. Amazing. Why did you give me that look then? No, amazing. Well done to you. On on your mobile version. You having fun with that? I thought, fuck it, make his debut, the Champions League I heard your words when I was away saying, oh, he he plays the PC version. He goes the easy route. Nonsense. (laughs) I didn't say that. You said he was going the easy route. No, you said I was. You said, oh, he picks up. You said, uh, I... I don't play as hard teams. I pick people like Spurs. Oh, yeah, that is true. You I was Coventry, mate. Oh, well, I've got that. some news for you. I've started a new career Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy at the moment. Kevin Nuss has this to say along... Um, that was quite a good segue. Well done. Yeah. Dear IGN UK team, especially Cardi and Dale. Oh, <laughs> cheers, mate. <laughs> Greetings from Arizona, USA. 
I've been a massive soccer fan my whole life, but given the relative obscurity of Football Manager in the United States, I've always just had yearly FIFA incarnations to satisfy my digital footy itch. <laughs> I love that sounds phrase. Like, <laughs> sounds like someone's hacked in and given you an athlete's foot. <laughs> Until now! After hearing, that's uh, going to peak, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. After hearing Cardi and Dale gush over their respective football manager exploits, I decided to finally give it a go, and I was immediately hooked. I've taken control of SC Freiburg, a mid to mm. I love it that's when an people interesting say choice. mad picks, a mid to low table side in the Bundesliga. Since I studied there for a year oh, in college, and it seemed sense. the logical that makes choice. Sense. You said makes sense just as he said logical choice. Mm. I'm happy to report that I've led the squad to two consecutive top 10 finishes in a very tough league. Yes. Here's the problem. Uh This work takes significant significant (laughs) time. And when I've been on the computer for a few hours, my lovely girlfriend tends to ask, what the hell are you doing over there? And then he says, bolstering up the midfield for a tough stretch against Bayern and Dortmund, which doesn't seem to cut it as an acceptable answer. Mm. Please help me explain to her why this needs to be my part-time job until the lads start seeing real success in Europe. (laughs) I think, do you know what? Top 10 finishes are good, but... I think what would really win around is a top six finish and an Europa League place. I, I think, think that would really... She'd be on board because at the moment, maybe she's not interested in <laughs> you Germany. You think that would get her on yeah, board? Yeah, but you know, as soon as you've got trips to Monaco coming and places like that, I think it's all wanna, coming in. I think you want to drop, drop an ultimatum on that board. Say, I'm up and coming. I'm a young Klopp at Mainz. I'm getting out of Freiburg. I'm going to move up to, let's say, Schalke. Mm. They're going to give you a bigger contract. Mm. Money. Take her on holiday. I can hear the winds. They're taking me to Gelsenkirchen. Oh, imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Any uh, tips, Dale? What does, what does your fiancé think of Football Manager? <laughs> do what I do. Play the mobile version on your commute and then my fiancé never even knows I play it. <laughs> like a, until I told her about Donovan, of course. Yeah. Or do what I do and sit at home alone and no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> You're a dirty little secret boy. Yeah. Creep me out, that. Mm. Cardi finishes off, so to speak. <laughs> uh, I, nah, I won't say it. Uh, this is from Bruce Harrison. He says, "Hey, dudes, you may or not may or may not remember me, but I wrote in at the end of last year of a story about me being a dick to Chris O'Dowd." I do remember you. It was funny. Yes. <laughs> anyway, I work with 3D printers, <laughs> and yes. I can explain how they work in a way that hopefully won't bore the pants off you. This I is, don't remember this conversation. Uh, this is because I was 3D scanned. To be turned into a statue being strangled by Scorpion. Uh, And uh, we were wondering how it would 3D print my arms, which were facing down like this. Any update on when we're seeing that? Nope. Weeks, apparently. Okay. Well, here we go. Here's how it works. Basically, the printers use two different kinds of material. A solid build material and a dissolvable support material. Dissolvable. The machine prints the parts off in a big block. Then you wash the print in a type of acid. The acid dissolves the support material, leaving the build material in place. That's clever. That's how you can print movable parts like bike chains and cots, etc. Hope that helps without being too complicated. I think that was a very good yeah. explanation. Bruce, you're a legend. How like load bearing are they though? I wonder how much weight <laughs> oh, they can take. Factory Dale's back. I, imagine all these arms and this just this little strand that can be dissolved by acid. How, like, how, how solid? That yeah. <laughs> how solid <laughs> is a build strand. material? You know. No, we're talking about the bit in between the support. <laughs> <laughs> No, isn't he saying it's like printed in the build material with the support material around it? Is it like a web? I would guess that. And then it's just like... I thought it was like one little... it down with the acid. I think we need diagrams slash a time lapse. I think Bruce... (laughs) I think Bruce should uh, 3D print 
all of us. That seems like a lot of time, money, print. and a waste of it all. 3D print Donovan Driver in a Coventry City kit. Please. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> you going to do sketches of him, or are we just taking your 19-year-old Facebook he, uh, photo? And you could do that, or I could let his... Who is it? Bruce. I could Bruce. let Bruce's imagination run wild with him. See what you can come up Brilliant. with. Brilliant. Amazing. Oh, he's yeah. going to be disgusted. <laughs> 3D printing's already not a flattering medium. <laughs> no. It's hardly my class. I get a statue of Donovan, he's going on my desk forever. Well, there's, that's, that's the call out. Imagine if we got like 30 in the next week. <laughs> well, thank you for joining me, boys. Thank you for joining me, listeners. And also, Joe Cornish, he was nice. Yep. Come back, be my mate. <laughs> Bye. Bye.